Welcome to Gaming Dad 101, the show where gamers became dads and now we're looking for cheat codes. Welcome to episode number seven. Number seven. For the last week of November. Wow. Oh, dude, Halloween was last week. Yeah, I guess you're right. That was a bad choice. In, in the anyway, if you're new to the show, welcome to the show. This game is pretty much self-explanatory. It's two dads get together, and we kind of discuss what we're most passionate about, games and being a parent. Um, are we experts? No, hell no. This is basically the show about us learning what we do and how we do it, and we basically just discuss everything that we love about it. So today, of course, I am your host, Chris. Joining me as usual. Brian, what's up, guys? He's our host. Uh, are the gaming dads? So welcome, Brian, to episode seven. We're seven episodes deep into this so far. Enjoying a lot of fun. Oh yeah, thank you, thank you. Oh yeah. So, so what's up, man? How was your Thanksgiving? Any black good. Any Black Friday deals that you took care uh, participated in, or I worked. That <laughs> there is that. So you participated in that. I participated way. in that way. In nice. dealing How was with that? Man, people. Uh, what is it about something being ten dollars cheaper than it normally is? It just makes you. Freak out. Because, dude, because bills pile up so easy, it's not even funny. Dude, we had a guy peel the sticker off of Forza Horizon 3 (laughs) and put it on Forza Motorsport 7 and say we have to honor the price, which we did. You did? Yeah, I mean, we we tried not to. My boss was like, what the hell, dude? We got people who do that all the time. That is ridiculous. I was like, I'm the one who did the price changes, so I know I didn't screw that up. Wow. Wow, dude. You're a jerk. Anyways, guys, come on, man. Have some sympathy for other people. Don't try to pull all this slick stuff. Oh, also, we had a bunch of controllers get stolen. Oh, Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah. This is why I never go Black Friday shopping, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, no, I didn't take part in any of the Black Friday stuff. Um, Most of our shopping was already done beforehand. So, because I hate... I've been out on Black Friday once. You're an early shopper, basically? I'm an early shopper, because I don't want to go through that (laughs) point in direction of guy that needed price changes. (laughs) Uh, So I like picking out things, you know, that are generally cheap, but still good quality to begin with for stuff, especially for the kids. You know, both our kids are really young, so they don't need expensive things yet, thankfully. I'll look forward to when they do. (laughs) Depends on what it is. Let me tell you right now, with someone with an older kid... It depends on what it is. Oh, yeah. I bet. I'm sure. Tell me what you guys do. Did you, um, uh, how was your Thanksgiving? My Thanksgiving wasn't bad. Um, it was interesting because our youngest, Joshua, his birthday lands every five years on Thanksgiving. It happened to land on Thanksgiving this year. Oh, leap year. Yep. So, essentially, with it being Thanksgiving and his birthday, we ran around a lot. Um, I do. I never participate in Black Friday shopping to the point where the stuff that we needed for the party, my wife decided to go buy it herself rather than I go with her because she knows that I am not... I'm very bad in situations where people are massively rude. And there was a very good chance that if I went shopping, I would be calling from jail requesting for someone to come get me. So with that said, CC went ahead and did all the shopping. Here's the problem. So we ended up realizing the night before, Friday, Black Friday around 11. So Thanksgiving. No, 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 Friday. For Black Friday around 11. So oh, gotcha. 
we ended up realizing that for the birthday party that we were having on Saturday, we did not have a shirt for my son. So I ended up having to go to Walmart at 11.30 at night, 11.40 or so. You had fun. To go buy these two shirts. So then I stood in line at midnight, because it was midnight by the time I got to the register. I stood in line for about 15 minutes before getting to the front of the register and realizing I left my wallet in the car. Oh, no. So I went back out, came back in, did a line this time for 20 minutes. To then finally pay for the shirts. See, that's not bad, though. It was... I guess it wasn't too bad overall. I didn't get into a fight with anybody. I came very close to. (laughs) Very, very close to. But that was my Black Friday story. That's basically it. And it basically reinforced the fact that I will never go Black Friday shopping again unless I'm stuck in a situation like I was this time. Aside from that, dude... Online all the way. I mean, Deliver everything to my house. I'm digging that some companies now are actually like spreading their deals out Throughout over the, the week, course of a weekend. Which makes it a lot which nicer. Which is a lot less chaotic, first off, because then everybody else is like, well, if they're not going to run out of these, I'm just going to chill at home and eat more turkey. <laughs> There's still some very committed shoppers that want that doorbuster that some companies still put out. <clears throat> my mother-in-law and my sister's-in-law. Yeah, they were prepping to be go. out there by like four thirty. Yeah, well, apparently GameStop's, for instance, were open at four on Thanksgiving, first time ever in company Jeez. history, if I remember correctly. But like, uh, so that I don't agree with. I think people should stay home. But that's that's mostly our culture. That's not the store's fault because there are people that are willing to go out on Thanksgiving and buy that stuff. Uh, I, I wish it weren't the case, though. You know what I mean? But What's either sexist? way. Cyber Monday just happened. That's also a really nice holiday, especially for it people is. like me for the online deals. So that is great. But aside from that, I, I never really see the appeal of Black Friday. I think it especially sucks, and, this, and we can move on after this, is this. especially sucks that the people that are willing to buy on Thanksgiving and the people that aren't willing to buy, normally they're on opposite sides of the register. The people that don't want to be there on Thanksgiving are the people working the lines. Yep. So it's it kind of sucks, and some of the customers realize that they're very, you know, sympathetic towards that cause, and then there are the the people that peel stickers off and put them on different <laughs> cases. Come on, guys. Anyways, so Thanksgiving, Black Friday, and of course Christmas deals in general are going to be going on all through the holiday season. Yeah, that's true. Welcome to the Christmas time of the year, or as I like to call it, the time that I play my back catalog. Which we can get into in a little bit. Yeah. But with that segue, what have you been playing this week, man? Did you get a chance to play much? Well, um, yeah, I played... Uh, man, I almost said Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I played uh, Ultra Sun some more. Really enjoying that. Got excited. Uh, so, I did not realize there's some Pokemon that you look at and you're just like, why, Game Freak? <laughs> like because the normal types can. the normal types are normally a lot of those throwaway Pokemon like they're normally like bunnies and cute things and things like that and for the first time ever I stuck with one of the early Pokemon that you can catch and normally those are a lot of normal types mm-hmm. and I stuck with a Baneary is the name it's a bunny it's a little cute little fluffy bunny. It's got like one tucked down here and one poking up and there's little poof balls all over the place. It's very cute. Okay. I didn't expect this thing to be useful. 
holy crap, it's one of the strongest Pokemon in my team right now. Nice. I was impressed. I was like, dang, this thing is dope. It's stronger than my Decidu or my almost Decidueye. <laughs> and like I it's right now it's my they call them sweepers. Basically they have high speed and high attack, so they can take out Pokemon very quickly on the fight. Nice. Uh, I was very impressed, and um, it kind of opened me up to trying other Pokemon, but there's this thing called a Bruxish, and it's supposed to be, like, reminiscent of a clownfish, or not clownfish, but a uh, a pistol fish, where they look like they got puckered lips, Okay. and they kind of, they can shoot water jets on occasion. Okay. This thing is ugly. It looked like it had a bad trip in the 70s because it's like pink and yellow and got buck teeth. And No. Uh, no. I don't need to try new Pokemon that It doesn't subscribe to your badly. ideas of beauty, Brian. That's I know. It, it doesn't ascribe to any classical beauty either like or any kind of beauty. Anyways, I was fairly impressed. And plus, it evolved into a uh, Lupiny or something like that. I forget what it is. I'll have to show you another time. But it's pretty cool. Really long leg, long eared bunny thing. It's really cute, but it's pretty awesome too. So I'm pretty happy that I opened myself up a little bit more. And Sweet. Now I've got a really strong Pokemon on my team. But back to the other games that I'm playing. Uh, there's a game that I've been wanting to play for a while that I just never had the opportunity. Like, you know what? I'm going to borrow it out today and. Give it a shot. And okay. I got to start playing Battlefield 1. And I love the Battlefield franchise. That's about the only shooter I'll most likely ever really play. Mm-hmm. I'll try Call of Duty World War 2 because that's one of the few Call of Duties where I looked at it. I was like, that looks like fun. Versus like the, the jet packs and yeah. the space and the aliens. Funny enough, I really wanted to try Infinite Warfare because it looked really awesome. But and all of my friends talked down about it. And I never... <laughs> I never gave it a shot. I've never played Call of Duty. I've never been a Call of Duty person. Same here. I mean, I've I've always been a never played person. a Call of Duty ever, ever Battlefront ever. or Battlefield. And I've never been interested in it either. And Battlefield's always been my thing. So uh, I played four. I loved four. I was playing on the PC, and uh, I finally borrowed out one. And of course, my internet's bad, so I'm not going to bother going on multiplayer. <laughs> but it does have a pretty good campaign. It yeah. breaks up. World War, it brings up different characters and where they're at in the different parts of World War One. And uh, so far, I've only played a little bit. Um, I played the intro. Uh, first off, I think this is the coolest like introductory level that I've ever played. What is that? Uh, basically, it's like a map setup where... Well, it was a really cool intro. First off, it starts off with like this dude in a bed... And he's, like, obviously dreaming with, like, very classic music playing in the background. And a nurse's hand comes over and grabs him. And his eyes pop open like he's having a PTSD shell shock kind of thing going on. Interesting. And it snaps him into the battle that he was in where he survived. And the cool thing is that it starts this whole level with this nice little dialogue in black and white. Mm-hmm. And the very last, one of the very last sentences it says is you were not expected to survive. What? Yeah, it says that because it's World War One. No one was expected mm-hmm. to live through it. Yeah, I guess you have. Point. And you play through this map, and you're it's, it's you're not all of the characters that you play are expected to die. Like when you die, it comes up with the name of your character and when they died in World War One, and tells you the breakdown. And it's uh, to now, my knowledge, like real names are, or are these to like my fiction? knowledge, they're real names. They're people that actually died in World War One and when they died. 
uh, in the specific battle that you're fighting, which I forget the name of the battle, but it's pretty neat. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I played through it and I was like, wow. So what happens really if cool. you somehow magically survive? I don't know. I think at some point it'll force you to die in that way. No matter what you do. Yeah, because it's, gonna... it's, okay. they're trying to keep to the historical and like, come on. Trying to be exactly Explosions as and flamethrowers and tanks and all kinds of crap. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just a real intense battle. And it's, it really makes you feel like you're there sort of because there's so much chaos and it's so hard to tell like who's who's on your side who's not I accidentally shot one of my dudes because like they have this tiny little what? blue yeah they have this tiny little blue triangle above it it's like hey this is one of your one of your guys don't shoot him but it's hard to tell whenever you're going switching back and forth. Either, well, it's hard because everything's all. I know I'm sounding and... judgmental, but I'm actually like, curious about. No, this it's thing. it's difficult because like your uniforms, yes, are distingu- distingu- distinguishable from the Germans because they wear like the, the penis helmet. The pe- they do like that's that was what they wore <laughs> World War One, but it's still hard because everybody's wearing different shades of like gray and black, and there's all kinds of crap, and there's flamethrower guys on the German side burning everybody and. It's the chaos like pulled me in. I was like, "Holy crap, this is awesome!" And uh, then I went to go play like the Australian guys' missions because I was looking. They've got like a mission for a pilot, a mission for a tank, a mission for uh, I think he's just recon is what the Australian guy was. I'm not sure. I'm gonna have to look into it further. But I died so quick. <laughs> that, that was it's it's a difficult campaign, but it's also I haven't played a shooter in a I'm long time. I'm sorry that I was a little distracted through that. I I made the mistake of being curious and looking up penis helmet, and it's not at all World War Two. Do not Google whatever. Yeah, that yeah. was bad. I tried World War. <laughs> nah, it didn't work. Look up anyway, World War One helmet I, if you're curious. That's yeah. I looked it up completely ter- in the most terrible way you possibly could. Oh, poor Chris. Anyways, uh, that's what I've been playing recently. Nice. So I promised you last week that I was going to come back with a list. Brother, I came back with a list. First of all, I started playing GTA Five again. I got some friends convinced to go back and start doing some stuff because I've heard of everything that they've added to it, and I'm curious and I want to play. So right now, what we, we started doing the, um, the heist, mainly so we can build up money so we can buy whatever we want because I found out recently they had the Batmobile, and I want that car. Ooh. Cost cool. an arm and a leg. I believe it. means I have to do a home as a heist. That's fine. Still so much fun, dude. I, I don't care how long it's been since this game has come out. There's a reason why this game is still number one in like most searches. And why, and why it's done as much as it has. Yet. And why, yeah, well, why would you? First of all, they have Red Dead coming out. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's always GTA, Red Dead, then GTA. They don't even have to start LA GTA any point soon. They're fine. And this game is still a lot of fun. There's still a whole mess of things to do. It still plays awesome. The only issue I've ever had with GTA are the load times and the jerks that are on that freaking server sometimes. Where you spawn and the minute you spawn you get shot at because some jerk is just driving around killing people for the sake of killing people. Don't get me wrong. I'm all for killing whoever the hell you want to kill. How about you leave the players alone, man? Like it's just It's just a nuisance after a while. And if you make your own private server and let's say you go do a job... When the job is over, you don't get placed in your own private server again. You get placed into whatever server is available. So that, That's weird. It's to make sure that the load times are smaller, I guess. I, don't uh. know. I just wish that it would just keep us in a private server where my friends and I could open up our server, do whatever it is the hell that we want to do and go whatever mission we want to go to and then be able to just get back to our private server and not have anybody bother us. So that was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, I have nothing new to report on it because I just, again, I just started playing it for the fun of it. 
Um, my wife and I, though, we started playing Until Dawn, which is a game that was a PlayStation Plus uh, game a couple months back. Had not had a chance to check it out yet. It's essentially a thriller, I would say, slash horror game where you have, I want to say, about 10 kids or so that go into a cabin and you essentially make choices and you have to try to survive until dawn. Depending on your choices will depend on whether your characters live or die. Thanks to my wife, more characters die. I mean, <laughs> me and I, me and her were playing together, and I was asking her for decisions, and she made a decision that led to two characters dying. And at that point, I think she got upset and didn't really want to help me make decisions anymore because I kept joking around and she killed them. Um, so far, dude, I'm enjoying it. I've only I'm in the beginning of the second chapter. But it's I've always liked games where there's different choices to be made. The game really kind of pushes the narrative of the butterfly effect, where you know if a you know butterfly flaps its wings today, it can cause a tsunami in a week or years from now or whatever. So every action, every decision you make will lead you down a different path. I don't know how many ends it has. I haven't really looked into it. I wanted to go into this game as blind as possible. You know what I mean? And again, I'm so behind from when this game came out that all the information is out there. So if I try to look up one piece of information, I run the risk of finding everything else. You know what I mean? So it's one of those where like, unless I'm stuck, I am going nowhere near any search engine to kind of figure out anything, have you, any information piece above that. Have you beaten it at least once? No, I've never played it before. This is the first Ooh. time I play it. So I'm, I'm just How far starting. How are you? I just, beginning of chapter two. Have spooky things started happening? Um, I don't get scared of things. I don't Could jump scares don't affect me. Rather. Um, however, Cece has jumped a little bit, so a couple a couple things here and there have made her go, you know, have made her scream and freak out a little bit. Do I see it as an actual scary game? Personally, no. But again, that's because I don't I don't necessarily like horror movies because I find them too predictable. Anything that's like scary, I find too predictable. What I like about this particular thing and the reason I'm even giving this a, sh- a chance is because you make the choices. So the spooky aspect of it is a hindsight. It's kind of a back burner for me, only because I just want to see what I end up coming up with in terms of what happens. So will it ever scare me? I highly doubt it, but it so far has been extremely, extremely interesting to me. So very much looking forward to that, uh, seeing how it plays out. The other thing, too, um, I went back and I finished some things. So I had told you two weeks ago that I finished South Park. You had mentioned the secret boss. I thought I knew who the secret boss was. (laughs) Turns out I didn't know who the secret boss was. I I had no idea. I had no idea how to get it started. Finally, I figured out who it was, but then I had no idea how to fight him. So I had to admit, unfortunately, I looked it up. I finally got to it. I fought him. Dude, let me tell you, this fight took me like 40 minutes. Morgan Freeman is the strongest person. In this entire game. Remember how I told you the ending was underwhelming? We may want to rewind and spoiler alert that. No. That, 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 that's no? no? Oh, no. sorry guys. No, no, no. Chris is... Spoiler, spoiler alert now, I guess. <laughs> Brian it's, you gotta say it love. before you no, say it. I mean, it's, we're talking about South Park and how I finished it. And I mentioned the secret boss. If you don't want to know the secret boss, you probably should have skipped. I'm sorry. <laughs> but anyway. So, dude, he is the strongest character. I was very underwhelmed by the ending of the story, um, but I still had a lot of fun playing the game. 
But when you fight Morgan Freeman, it kind of makes up for the lackluster final battle that you have, quote-unquote, because of how difficult he is. He has all the same powers that you do, which means he can rewind time, making you lose a turn. He can pause time. He can also summon a time remnant of himself. So Morgan Freeman summons a tiny Morgan Freeman to come help fight. The fourth grader Morgan Freeman to come help fight all the other fourth graders. So... It's pretty friggin' cool, dude. I, I really enjoyed it. It was a pain to get through. Because I knew most of his power takes up the entire grid whenever he attacks. So what's the issue? Is that everybody on every space behind that is going to be affected. So I figured out very early on that the trick to try to get him was to get around him. Because at that point, if he attacks one side, the other side can help heal and still attack. The problem was getting to the other side of him and getting to flank him. The minute I flanked him, the fight was over. At that point, I think I was able to accomplish it when he was three quarters of the way full still. And it took me no time to defeat him after that. But it was it, it took me, I want to say about seven tries to actually defeat him. The only problem is once you do it, just kind of like, okay, you got a trophy and that was it. So that was the only downside. The other game that I finished... Is I finished the story for Mario Odyssey. Yeah. Dude, it is so good. <clears throat> Alright, so this game's a little newer. And, and this game's a lot tougher for some people to, like, you know, get to all the moons and all that stuff, whatever. So, And Brian already gave me crap, so spoiler alert. Anyway. This game is so much fun and does nothing but pluck out your heartstrings for nostalgia. It is essentially... What we said about it being a love letter a couple of episodes back, dude, it is a love letter to Mario lovers everywhere. Like, it just plain out. I know you haven't played the game. If you want me to, if you want to be spoil free, you can leave the room for a minute. No, I'll be Where I go ahead. But the biggest thing that I, that I want to spoil, I'm not going to spoil the, the ending of the quote unquote story, but I want to spoil what comes after. So. You know, you can finish the story with 150 moons. You don't need to collect all 999 to finish the story. As a matter of fact, you're not able to collect all 999 moons before you finish the story. There's just no way. It's impossible. You have to go back. Um, the way that they do that is you're ending the game in the moon. And then you learn that there's fragments of the moon that have landed on the planet. And those fragments release additional moons so because of that you still have to go back no matter what that's kind of spoilerish not really because you don't even know what happens in the moon but they are these silver blocks that people are always questioning and i know my wife and i were questioning what the heck they were no matter what you do to them there's nothing that happens it's because they're pieces of the moon once you defeat the final story battle essentially those pieces become active, and then you can break them. And by breaking them, you release additional moons into the kingdoms. So that's why you have to go back no matter what. Even more spoilerish, I guess, and but the most important part to me in this game that made me love this game even more, you go back to the Mushroom Kingdom, okay? The castle is the castle from the 64 game. All right? What? It looks pretty much identical. There's a few differences... On the outside and on the inside. Like, for example, when you walk on the inside, it doesn't have all the doors. It's just a throne room. So it's a lot smaller in terms of that. But everything looks the same. 
what I say by that, and I'm going to give you guys here free moon because if you played the 64 version and you don't do this, you're messing up. When you walked into the castle into the 64 Mario, you played 64 Mario, right? Mario 64. Long time ago. Right. Do you remember how to get into the flying level? No. Okay. The way you get into the flying level for the flying cap when you first get it is you go into the sun that is placed in the center of the castle on the main floor. When you stand on the sun, you look up and you look at the sun that's painted and that sun transports you to the level. That's how you get ah, in. okay. If you do that same motion in this game, you look up, the sun shrinks and it does like it's going to transport you, but then a moon comes out. So it's paying homage oh, to what happened cool. in 64. Another thing that they do, Yoshi's in the game as well. What? You can take over Yoshi. You can become Yoshi. Where is Yoshi? I'm glad you asked, Brian. Same place he was in Nintendo 64. <laughs> at the top of the castle. You get at the top of the castle, and there's a Yoshi egg. You crack the egg, and there comes Yoshi. There's a, even, even the moons on the Mushroom Kingdom look like stars. That's awesome. So they're actually like you're actually collecting stars in the Mushroom Kingdom. Another thing that they did awesome, you can fight all the bosses again. You can refight them. This time they're souped up. Like so, for example, the one that I did re uh, rematch was the one in New Donk City. The the guy in New Donk City is basically this earthworm looking thing uh, with sections. When you refight him uh, the second time from the Mushroom Kingdom, it's two of them. So it's kind of like a souped up version of the original boss. That's not even the part I wanted to get into. The part I wanted to get into is how you get to them. In the original Mario 64, the way that you got to the levels is by jumping into paintings. How do you get to the bosses? By jumping into their paintings. Ah. Dude, they went above and beyond. To the point where there's a room that you can't get into because you're not wearing the right clothes. When you go buy the clothes, Brian, guess what the clothes are? It's a 64 skin. So you look like Mario from Mario 64. <laughs> like you can dress up and look exactly like Mario from Mario 64. You go in and they let you into the room and you're in the backyard of the castle from the 64 game. Doing the exact same thing, actually. You're having to open cases in a specific order. But dude, this, this game had so much attention to detail. It, it's, it was beautiful, man. And I can't wait. The biggest reason I like, excuse me, biggest reason I like this game is because I could pick it up for 10, 15 minutes, gather a couple of moons and put it down and I'm fine. You know what I mean? It, it fit perfect into my schedule. And without even trying and just kind of like not really grinding, I was able to gather 275 moons, which is not bad at all. So I love this game. I love what they've done with this game. One of my favorite levels is New Donk City. Also because I figured out why it's called New Donk City. No, 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 no. not that motion. Okay. Who else has a donk name? Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong. What uh, is Donkey Kong? Yeah, I remember reading about this, actually. What is Donkey Kong? He's a an ape. What are humans? Illusions of apes. Uh, new Donk City. They're the new donks. Oh, gotcha. They're the new donks. They're evolved, essentially. It's a little slow. The cool thing is, when you help the mayor, they're like, oh, we're going to celebrate by uh, reliving our ancestry. They put you into a 2D world. Like, remember how I told you, you pop in and out right. 2D and 3D. You get into a 3D world, and guess what you're playing? You're playing Donkey Kong. <laughs> the original Jumpman uh. Donkey Kong. The arcade version. And it ends with you defeating Donkey Kong. At the end of that level. 
Oh, it DK. Is, it is a be- dude, How it's far been a beautiful done. game. <clears throat> and I know that it's not for everybody, but dude, I've had so much fun with this game, I cannot stop recommending it. it tells me there's going to be another Donkey Kong for the Switch as well. I don't know. Not necessarily. I'm one of the people that hope so. But got to collect them bananas, bro. Yeah, but you got to think, I mean, I know that Nintendo kept Donkey Kong from the rare deal. But you don't know to what extent they they're able to do anything. I don't I haven't I mean, I don't even remember the last time they did a Donkey Kong game, do you? Yeah. When it's was Donkey the last Kong time? Country? Yeah, there was for, another one. For there was system. one for the Wii. Yeah, and for the 3DS. Was there one though for the Wii U? I don't know. I'm about to look that up. Love to so, see. But yeah, dude, Here's it hoping, was though, cuz I enjoyed those games, especially the Nintendo 64 Donkey Kong was really good. I've never finished a Donkey Kong game. No, I'm lying. I 64, I finished that one. I enjoyed that one a lot. A lot of people gave it crap. I enjoyed it. It was not the best game, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, you get to it was play a massive all the other Kongs. too. Yeah, oh yeah, bananas and all kinds of other stuff. But it was a lot of fun, and you know what? I'd be down for a, for a new Donkey Kong game, Me too. especially considering what they've done with Zelda, considering what they've done with Mario. I would love to see what they're doing with a Donkey Kong game. They gotta give all the other Mario heavy hitters uh, some uh, some love too. Now I hope so, dude. I really hope. And then the final game, because because then I, I said I'd have a list for you. Here's my list. Um, I downloaded the new Animal Crossing game for mobile. I don't. Why are you laughing, bro? <laughs> we'll talk about that in a little bit. Why I'm laughing? Did but... you know? Oh, because yeah, yeah. we'll segue into that. <clears throat> have you checked it out? No, I haven't. Have you ever been a fan of Animal Crossing? Never. Okay. So if you've ever been a fan of Animal Crossing, let me just basically tell you this way. It is Animal Crossing. Like, that. that's what it is. It is. This isn't like Super Mario Run, where it's a bastardization of, you know, platforming with Mario. And light it, all Mario you're doing is basically, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's Mario, like, less than light, because you're just tapping for him to jump, and that's it. Mm. They should have called it Mario Jump rather than Mario Run. Whatever. Point is, it isn't, at least as far as I've gotten, and as far as CeCe has gotten, because I got CeCe addicted to this game, apparently. We've been playing it for more or less the same time. She's already level 12. I'm barely level 3. <laughs> All right? <laughs> I don't know what she's done, but she's freaking figured out. Anyway, point is, it's essentially the exact same thing as Animal Crossing, the the games. I've yet to find anything that is different other than the fact that it's just on your phone and you're holding your phone upright instead of sideways. So it's not a widescreen type of window. But that's pretty much it, man. It's pretty much the exact same thing. So, I don't know. Are you downloading it now? Is that what you're doing? Oh, no, 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 no. I was checking something else on our docket list. But that... I don't know. I'm scared now that I read, now that I read that article. I'm wondering like what kind of creepy stuff. Right, so, so we're we're yeah, gonna we're gonna segue. We're, we're gonna segue. Let's you know what? Let's segue into the news because we're already kind of hinting at that. Yeah, and then we'll go back to touch on the other thing. So, <laughs> in Animal Crossing, <laughs> apparently people are not making cults in prisons. Yeah, Appar- that's a thing. As reported to Kotaku, and and. Uh, there's a report by Kotaku where it kind of breaks it down and shows everybody, or not everybody, some of the places they found, some of the camps, where there's a lamb cult. 
there is a person that basically has a cell, a holding cell for every visitor that comes to their camp. Um, I added one of those people, and I'm waiting for them to add me so I can go visit their camp and check it out. Wow, dude! So go to advertising for these people. <laughs> Who have Man, these things? it's it's kind of. I give them credit for being able to pull up something like this and turning this game into something it's not. But I mean, it's it's just fun, dude. I I like the game. I recommend it for you know anybody who likes Animal Crossing. Will I play this? Will I get addicted to this? No. But you know, it, it's good you to see lie. Nintendo succeeding. <laughs> I personally won't. Um, it's good to see Nintendo succeeding after having such a long and rough period. You know what I mean? It's good to see them turn things around. And I, as a Nintendo lover, I hope that they continue to climb up. That, that's all I can say. How much you want to bet they're going to have a Zelda game soon? Not for the phone. You know what? I, I've got all the others. <laughs> I've been debating it since they announced that they were going into mobile games, but I don't know what they would do. Like, I don't see how there could be a mobile Zelda game. Zelda AR game. Doing what? I don't know. That's my That's, point. Why not? <laughs> also, Nintendo's not the one doing AR. Yeah, they are. Pokemon mm. Go. Pokemon Go does not belong to game Nintendo. Free. Yeah, but still. Yeah, but that Pokemon Go has nothing to do with Nintendo. So Nintendo themselves have not done anything with AR. So who knows what that would look like. But a Zelda game, don't get me wrong, I would like one. But I just don't see how you can make a Zelda game in a mobile platform that makes sense. The only games that I can think of are the cheap knockoff games where, you know, it's a, it's a kind of bastardization of, like, Bedazzled, where you're breaking pots for money or something. You know what I mean? Like, that's the only type of thing that I can think of. Or Capture the Fairies or something. I don't... I just can't wait for I don't see someone to be walking bar. around next to me and I hear, yeah! And pots breaking. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> come on, bro. I mean, it would be sweet. I mean, it'd be cool, but I just I don't see it happening, dude. That's one of the franchises that I just do not see happening. I, I wish. It's but coming. I hope so. And we'll, we'll be here to discuss it it's when coming. it does. I know it so, is. Rain Man in this right now. All right, so moving on from the whole Nintendo mobile games, we're going to cover our next story. And since it's Pokemon-based, Brian, I want you to go ahead and take the lead on this one. Oh, yeah. So, um... Game Freak has been really well-rounded in kind of summing up the Pokemon franchise with Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon before moving on to the Switch. Because mm-hmm. they, they've spent their entire franchise on predominantly handheld games, with like exceptions being like Coliseum and all that stuff that came yeah. out for like Wii and all that. So they've put a lot of little things in it here and there. And uh, one of them is, if you go to the Game Freak office... On the second island, I, their names escape me, and also they're really hard to pronounce sometimes. <laughs> uh, I think it's Akala. I'm not sure. Uh, Don't worry. Soon enough, you'll know how to pronounce all of them. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm playing them for out. Anyways. <laughs> you go to the Game Freak office on Akala Island, I think it is. Please let me know if I'm saying it wrong. Uh, and you go to where the lady gives you the lemonade. There's a character right in front of that stand in the Game Freak office. And he talks to you, uh, he says a lot of different things depending on what you're doing and what time you are in the game. And I think he gives you items if you like complete the game and stuff. Off the top of my head, I'll have to go back and look. But if you have a Pokemon from uh, gold, uh, silver or gold, mm-hmm. not heart gold and soul silver, but silver and gold, mm-hmm. 
he'll break down this story about how they couldn't figure out how to fit two regions onto the cartridge of the game until <laughs> a very famous person who recently passed away, uh, Mr. Iwata, came by and gave them a program to help them fit it. So basically, they're nodding to Iwata Sensei, who passed away, I think, two years ago. Yep, 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was the CEO um, for Nintendo. Yep. So, big deal for gamers was, everywhere when he, he passed. He was the mastermind that kind of led the um, the Switch to an extent. You know what I mean? Matter of fact, I remember him showing off... I think it was him that was on the reveal for Pokemon Go. That was like showing... Like, years ago, showing off like what was going on with Pokemon Go. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. If I remember correctly, but I don't I'd have recall to, to be honest look. with you. But he, he's he's basically he's a giant staple in Nintendo. Yeah, he's to the point where you, did you know that there's actually, and I love that there's people honoring him, and it's it's part of one of the things I love about the Japanese culture. Did you know that the Switch actually has code within it to immortalize him too? Really? Every year on the anniversary of his birth of his death, unfortunately, is his birthday or death? <clears throat> I can't remember now. I think it might have been death because it's in the middle of the summer. Um, but on the anniversary, you can log on to the Switch and it, it, it unlocks one of his favorite games. Which I would, it's a game that I believe he coded, um, which is a golf game. Um. So you, every year you can play it on that day for that day. And it's basically meant as an homage, uh, as an homage to him. So it's a pretty cool little feature. And I like, I like when they do things like that. And it's... It's one of those things that kind of makes sure that people are going to live forever. So it's kind of it's kind of sweet of them to do so. Especially, you know, so influential <coughs> to gaming. Not just a game, but to gaming. He oh, was yeah. the no, CEO definitely. of Nintendo for years. Definitely. But um to a just, lot of a lot of what we know and what we love would not exist without his involvement. Yeah, and Pokémon is just one of those. Uh, the story is is that the production team for Pokemon after uh, Red and Green came out in Japan. Yeah, it was called Red and Green, not Red and Blue in Japan at first. <laughs> Wrap your mind around that. There's a story for that, too. Uh, they were developing gold and silver. And then, I, I forget if it was their producer or the, the CEO of Game Freak or whatever came down and was like, yeah, and put Kanto in it, too. So now, for the first time ever, they have to fit Jota, uh, two entirely complete separate regions into one game on an itty-bitty cartridge that they're only just learning about technology-wise. So they had no clue how to do it. And this was not too long before the game was supposed to come out. So they were freaking out. And their production team, or their development team, was four people. There were four people coding Pokemon back in the day yep. for heart, for. Uh, I keep wanting to say hard gold for gold and silver. And then Iwata came along. He wasn't even a part of Nintendo at that point. He was just kind of a go-between between the two of them. Came in and gave them the program to help them fit everything on. And say, he literally saved Pokemon. Pokemon <laughs> had awesome. no hope until then because if they weren't able to do it, they were going to scrap the game, to my knowledge. Oh, wow. So they're the reason that you guys are getting all the Bruxish and fucking, excuse me, all the other... <laughs> ugly Pokemon that they're coming out these days is Iwata saved Pokemon. Among other things, he's a legend among Nintendo fans in general and gaming in general. That's freaking sweet. 
And now I'm kind of regretting that we made that story the second story instead of the last one. <laughs> yeah, right. Because that would have been a nice, you know, I got to, we, we got to think about these things next time. Um, unfortunately, the, the final story is not as pleasant. The final story is about Destiny 2. And more controversy because 2017 is the year of controversy everywhere. It seems for every everything. And such a good year of gaming in general. And then so now there's so much drama too, man. It, it's ending really dramatic. All right, so Destiny Two, essentially, um, you can go to read the full story over Kotaku. Uh, it's called "This Destiny Two Players Rage: Bungie Struggles to Respond." And essentially boils down to players have caught on that Bungie has been, um, for lack of a better term, screwing them over. Where the XP that they needed to gain is... The XP that they're supposed to be gaining per scrimmage is not coming out to be what it should be. And that the amount of XP that you needed to level up to the next level has actually been doubled. Apparently, Bungie claims that they're working on it and that they're trying to improve the system... But everybody's complaining because it's taking forever to kind of level up. And there's no transparency is the second half of that. Bungie's no just not been open with what's going on. There's apparently problems with the end game of this one. There's people are having issues and don't really enjoy it. Realistically, I mean, I, I hate to say this, but it's part of the reason why I left Destiny 2. I, I started playing Destiny when it first came out. It's a lot of fun. And that's the reason why I gave it a second shot. It was a lot of fun. But it had no story to it. It had nothing when I went when I was first playing it, and I left. the the die hard The diehard fans stayed, and they ended up finding a game within it that was ended ended up being fixed, and it was great, and they loved it, and they were super excited about Destiny Two. So much so that I figured, well, let me give it another shot because realistically, the shooting is great. The shooting, you you know me. I'm usually a sniper. Which also means that I go, nine times out of ten, I go for headshots. Which means that, unfortunately, nine times out of ten, depending on the shooter, it's a lot easier to kill me because I'm trying to get the perfect aim for that shot. I'm the type of player that I refuse to kind of just shoot your body. I will go for the head at all times. That's just how I am. Um, Which makes it a lot harder. This game didn't make it where it felt troublesome. It didn't make it where it felt like I was at a disadvantage. It encouraged me more to try to get the headshots that I did, and as many as I have. But at the end of the day, the game always had a lot of issues that just didn't make me feel like it was worth it. You know what I mean? So I'm personally, I'm still happy that I got out when I did. Um, and I mean, I hope that these players get the resolution that they need and that Bungie fixes things the way that we all know they should and the way that we all know they could. You know what I mean? It's really sad because there's been a lot of flack over Bungie over the years anyways for developing Destiny. Because first off, you guys left Halo. Well, not left Halo. I guess it got bought or whatever. I don't remember the story, but come on, man. And for them to develop a game called Destiny and for them to make Destiny a game without a story, really... Like, their story is really hard to come by until, like, later patches. And it's later just in bits and pieces. And yeah. I can't I can't speak to the story of Destiny 2. I can't. I've played that game roughly six hours. And I was just not feeling it. I just... I was not. I, just, I mean, for starters, I mean, it's one of those things, too, that with my time being so limited in playing, you know what I mean? Everybody left me in the dust very quickly. Because, unfortunately, those people who really like Destiny 
are playing Destiny non-stop. So it's one of those where I'm sitting here with my level 3 character, just to say a number because I don't even remember. I'm sitting here with my level 3 character and my buddy's already maxed out. So then it's one of those, like, the gap is too great. Most of the, you know, all the characters that are going to spawn are going to spawn at his level. And sure, that makes my progression faster, or it should make my progression faster. But at the same time, it also becomes annoying. Because then I'm the I'm constantly the save me case. You know what I mean? I'm constantly the, okay, I died, guys. Can someone come get me? Oh, you're busy? Okay, I'll, I'll wait here. And sometimes I have to, like, put my control down and wait for people. You know what I mean? It doesn't... It, it's just more frustrating than it was rewarding at the end of the day. Versus like a game like Guild Wars. Guild Wars 2, you can join whoever, whatever level they want at whatever mission they're doing. And it'll level you to that. So it's not a hard thing for you. It'll still be challenging, especially since you don't have the right, you know, maybe abilities equipment, or spells or equipment yeah. for that. But they'll still make it to where you can, you can actually do whatever it is they're doing. Uh, and that's... Another thing that Guild Wars Two is a really good, like multiplayer kind of experience for me. I want to go back. I need a good computer. I, <laughs> yo, anyone got a computer they want to get rid of? Send it my way, dude. That, that's I've that. had the itch for Eve, and I've had the itch for Guild Wars. That's so. a different matter altogether. So, <laughs> all right. So we're gonna move on for the news. That's really all the news that we had for this week. Again, Thanksgiving, short week, and everything. So, um, I want to take us back to the um, discussion topic. We have both a parenting discussion and we have just a general gaming discussion. Uh, Brian went ahead and picked the gaming discussion, so I'll go ahead and let you introduce it. And I wanted to talk about how crowdfunding is kind of the driving, the new driving force in games. You look at all these games that have come out over the years that have just been crowdfunded out the yin-yang and you get some good ones and you get some bad ones. Like, uh, everyone threw down for Mighty Number no. 9. Oh, dude, that was the there example was, I was going to say. There was so much funding for that game, and it was a steaming pile. <laughs> it was the horrible. biggest disappointment yeah. to come out. But uh, there has been so many other good games. Apparently, like, there's... Uh, Ukulele? Ukulele was one of the most very successful crowdfunding. Ukulele is, is a game that's also in my backlog. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about backlogs before this, at the end of this episode, but go ahead. And I bring I wanted to bring it up because there's been a lot of flack over the crowdfunding games to have like had conspiracies and stuff over them. Like we talked about um uh the people that were doing Tiny Metal last week. Yeah. And how there was like a million dollars being embezzled from Kickstarter or whatever for that. And there was another one, the composer for Skyrim had a crowdfunding thing and a couple of years later he's hundred and twenty something thousand in crowdfunding and nothing. Nothing to say for it. So, you know, where's that at? But just to name a couple of really successful games that you've been seeing successful at Kickstarter. The Pathfinder Kingmaker game by uh, Outcast Games is about to break a million. And they've been green-lighted. You've got, uh, there's the Pillars, I'm trying to remember the stinking name. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, it's part of the risk of crowdfunding, though, Brian. You know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> I've never invested in a crowdfunded um, event, realistically. Ukulele, I own, not because I crowdfunded it. I waited. I wanted to make sure that the game was going to be greenlit. I was supporting it, and I retweeted it, and I was trying to get the word out for anybody who did want to take that risk. But 
personally, I didn't want to take that risk. You know what I mean? There, the whole Kickstarter thing is a little too new for me to really feel secure about what's happening with it and where it's going. So it's one of the risks you take. It's kind of it, it's kind of a gamble at the end of the day. It's like when you invest in anything, there's going to be some risks. And while exactly there you go, you go into yeah. the stock market, you put a thousand dollars down. It doesn't mean you're getting you know, it doesn't even mean you're getting a dollar back. You know what I mean? For sometimes people put a thousand dollars down and within seconds they've lost that thousand dollars. Perfectly plausible. South Park makes a great joke about it where they go to the bank and they're like, oh, we need some money. Okay, so we're going to take your money and invest in this. We're going to do that. And, oh, it's gone. But, <laughs> but we need the money. I'm sorry. It's gone. We already invested it. Yeah. And that's kind of what happens. You know what I mean? It's when you invest in these things, you have to know the risk. And the risk is that, one, it may not be crowdfunded enough, in which case, I believe, from my understanding, you get your money back if they don't meet the goal. And if they do meet the goal, then you have to trust that they did things accordingly. There's been games in the past where there have been you know, issues in terms of, okay, we requested a, let's just, and this is just a number because I can't remember off the top of my head, but we need $100,000 to do this game. All right, cool. I don't know what game you can make for $100,000, but... There's a few. I'm sure. Mobile game, maybe. Uh, possibly. But they say, that's 100000 They raise 100000 Then it turns out, oh, we don't need 100000 That was only to get started. We really need half a million. You know Bring what I mean? Back, like. So then in, there's situations like that where, of course, that crowdfund is going to fail. You didn't budget it correctly. You know what I mean? Then there's also... Extended development periods. I believe Mighty Number no. Nine was one of the ones that suffered an extended development period to get it on all consoles and everything. But again, you need to kind of have the foresight to realize these issues and kind of plan accordingly, not just from the people making these projects, but as a consumer, you need to understand that. That there are possible roadblocks and possible issues where you're not going to be able to get your product on time. Hell, there's people that just a couple of months back and toward the beginning of the year finally received the box for Mighty Number no. 9. And it's just like an old school looking box. But here's the kicker. The game doesn't even fit in it. Wow. Are you serious? It's, I'm dead serious. It's just a box. That's horrible. So it's like a box for display. What took you so long to make a box? You know what I mean? And who knows? I'm, I'm At this point, I don't know the real reason. But those are things that realistically you have to expect if you're going to take this risk. If you want to be an early adopter to anything, you have to take those risks. I mean, look at another example. The PlayStation VR. The people who bought that right off the bat. They had no games for a very long time. Now, games are starting to, to come out. and things are starting to roll out. So I'm sure now they're happy. But personally, I still haven't bought a PlayStation VR. And I'm still not going to buy a PlayStation VR. I will probably get into PlayStation VR when it's like PlayStation VR 2. Wow. At that point, maybe I'll jump on Wow. So you're a late starter. No, it really depends. Because I was in line for the PlayStation 4. I had the Switch reserved the moment that you could reserve it. Literally. Like, I ran to GameStop to reserve it the second that it was possible. So it's, it's not that I'm not an early adopter. Is I know... I'm able to look at a situation and assess the risk. You know what I mean? PlayStation VR, when it first came out, it was a gigantic risk. There was no telling if anything was going to come out. 
you and I had a discussion about how I wanted to cancel my pre-order of the Switch. Something that I'm very glad I didn't do and to some extent give you credit for talking me out of it. But there were risks involved. You know what I mean? Nintendo has done great. PlayStation VR didn't do so great. Now it's doing better. But things on, on, on Kickstarter, if you don't know who they are, you you know, you have to assume the risk. And you know a lot I mean? of them are like name drops. In order to attract attention, like the other, like yeah. the tiny metal one, it's basically like a bunch of name drops in order to get investors, and then they use that money for another game. Correct. Um, versus, like, uh, there's the um, there's like a, a classic space game that's being developed too that people are super stoked about. It's been in development for years on Kickstarter. I can't. The name escapes me. I have to find it another time. There's too many space games. But like, yeah, this thing has been. <coughs> is it Star Commander or something? I don't. No, I'm not sure. Piloting, piloting spaceships, uh, but it's been in development for years now, and still no sign of a game. Um, but were they a good unknown studio? Yeah, because they're a known studio, like famous. See, and they were the first like three D piloting. And those thing. are the people that I may trust a little bit more. But it's one of those cases. Like for example, IO Interactive comes out on Kickstarter and says, "We need Kickstarter money to do a new Hitman, uh, a new Hitman game." That is a Kickstarter that I personally would feel better backing. You know what I mean? I still understand that there's some risk, but I know the quality the studio can produce, and I know that they are consistent in their work. So I have faith in going, okay, I'm going to help kickstart your thing. But if it's somebody that is not known or that you're not well aware of or you're just curious for the sake of curious curiosity, then yeah, you're kind of gambling with your money. And I have friends that do it all the time. I have a friend that will go out and just start kickstarting uh, board games. You know what I mean? And he's, he's done it. I don't know how it's worked out for him realistically. It seems that he's, he's had a positive effect. Otherwise, he wouldn't continue to do so. But, you know, it, it's, it's a risk you have to take. Oh, yeah. Now, with that, we have a parenting topic. That Chris. Okay, we're jumping. We're jumping uh, ships so quick. Yeah, why not so quick? I don't know. I thought you. Had, I thought you had more to say. No, that's right. that's it. This is all I got. Right, so yeah, we're, I don't we're jumping to these things because you forget. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the importance of notes. Indeed, <laughs> for real. Um, so essentially, the parenting discussion that we're talking about um, is an article on Game Sutra where they're apparently Epic Games is suing a fourteen-year-old kid. For cheating, um, he was using a software that was essentially improving his aim, making it, uh, of course, making it cheat so that he can get ahead and kind of um, do better in the game than everybody else. With the lawsuit, the parent has come to their defense, and this is why I thought it'd be an interesting topic uh, for us. Of course, the parent is claiming that the actions are too extreme. That the kid entered a contract while being a minor without parental consent. That all of these things to kind of try to protect their children. And I thought that that would be a great topic for two fronts. One, the cheating. And two, how do you handle a situation like that? So look, Fortnite, I don't know, have you played it? I haven't uh, played it no, either. I have, I have not yet. It's essentially, it's like PUBG. It's, yeah. an, it's like PUBG, but animated. Fortnite has had a hell of a time trying to take off. They had bad sales, development's bad. They had a lawsuit because they were apparently stealing from PUBG or something like that. 
There's a bunch I, of stuff. I don't going know on. how that lawsuit has ended, but unfortunately, and 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 this is a side note, PUBG does not own the battle royale. Yeah, aspect of things. You know what I mean? Now, looking at it from an outside perspective, Epic is doing everything they can to recover development costs. And that's just coming out and them suing whoever they can to try to get money back. Yeah, dude, but a 14-year-old? Like, yeah, th- that's where... Don't get me wrong. I am I am okay with them banning players. You know what I mean? Ban them, help. Even if they paid the game, ban them. That's fine. But to sue one of them and also for it to be a 14-year-old, there's got to be somebody older than 14 that has done this. And I kind of agree with the parent in saying that you're kind of using a scapegoat to set an example. And I don't think that's right, man. Not for a 14-year-old. This could wreck that kid's life all because of a video game. Now, why the heck aren't they going after the company that's making the cheap bots is my thing. Those that's that's versus where the I players. want to get to. Look, the players are going to use whatever tools are at their exposure, especially players that are lazy. So, of course, they're going to use cheats. Of course, they're going to use bots. Of course, they're going to put a little red dot on the middle of their TV so that they can shoot better. That's a Call of Duty thing, by the way. Also really weird. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you can buy one of those. It's like a little rope you dangle down the middle of your TV. But, yeah. uh, anyways, no, it's, I, it's I crazy to me. Like, why the hell is this company going to go after their players who want to play their game and be good at it so bad that they're going to spend money on it just so they can play better. Just so they can cheat. So they want to play the game. And here's the thing. I don't condone the cheating. I really don't. That kid needs to learn a lesson. But I don't think the lesson needs to be let's sue him and potentially damage him. Ban him. That's right. Every other company in the world bans the people that cheat on their games. That's it. I mean, this isn't like he's selling his assets. Because I know, for example, Blizzard... Has been known to sue players for mining gold to sell to other people and things of that nature. Yeah. You know what I mean? That makes a little more sense to me. Not much, but it makes a little more. But when it comes to something like, oh, he cheated so he can aim better, just ban him. There's no reason. You're not losing sales. Him using these cheats do nothing for them to lose money. You know what I mean? If anything, sure, it annoys the players that are with him. But you're still not losing money. You know what I mean? He's not doing anything. He didn't steal a copy of the game. He didn't right. steal um, any assets from the game that you were selling. Because if you were selling these cheats, then it's not about the cheating. It's about theft. Different story altogether makes a lot more sense. But, dude, again, this is a child, man. And this is someone... I mean, I don't know about you guys. but And, and you guys know your own kids better than anybody else but at the end of the day what if this was my kid my kid's 10 years old my oldest is 10 years old aj doesn't know for god's sake the not long ago i had to reset his tablet because he downloaded a whole mess of uh malware because he was trying to uh get skins for minecraft you know what i mean he wasn't trying to do it illegally he wasn't trying to cheat he just thought that oh look it's there you know what i mean and sure, my kid is about to be 10. This one is 14. There is a four-year difference. Sure, granted. But just because there's a difference doesn't mean that this kid is mature enough to understand what he's doing. Let alone to think of it as if, oh, I am going to court. Like, it's, it just seems bizarre to me. If the, if the kid was 18 years old, it would make a little more sense to me. 
but you're here trying suing a minor. You know, it, it's I don't know. My my thing is is nine. Let's let's forget about <coughs> days fourteen for a second. Okay. Let's look at it this way: a company that's going to cannibalize its players in such a way that they're suing them is going to fail. Because you know now that it, it may be one of those cases. <laughs> it may be one of those cases where PUBG doesn't even need to worry about no. suing them. They may bite their own face. Yeah, they may bite their nose despite their face. Like, come on, like again, every other company that bans their players. How many millions of players do they have now? Yeah. Versus, uh, look for a company that sued its players because they cheated. Look for it. That's the I, thing. I'd, I'd I think willing, this is the first I'd one. I'd be willing to bet they either don't exist or when they've done it, they've failed. Because players talk, parents talk, and if this is happening, it's not going to happen for long. No. But at the same time... And here's and this is why I wanted to kind of bring it because it is kind of an interesting topic. Is the fact that they're both in the wrong. There isn't a right in this no, particular story. The kid, by all intents and purposes, screwed up. He did screw up, or she did screw up. I, I don't think they gave the identity to minor, so they really can't. So, point is, apparently they this, did. I read this, the article. Apparently they outed the kid's identity. Not in the article though. Oh, yeah, that, that's article, another yeah. thing. That, that's another problem. They made minor and from information identifying a minor public knowledge that you can't do that that's just illegal so now they're illegal <laughs> it's 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 not it's not even like oh it's illegal in the u.s but no 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 i think it's illegal in a lot of places because they're minors these these are things that can affect their record especially in the day and age that we live in now where a couple of months ago a game developer was offered a job and then they found the comment that he made like three or four years prior about a game that that developer put out and the developer rescinded that job offer and was left without a job what's to stop this kid from having to suffer some sort of fate down the line for a job whether in video games or not because he was being sued especially with how digital everything is now that's my and point and going to be it's that's not going to change no, it's just going to get more and more digital <laughs> your toaster is going to talk to you at some point guys just just realize that's going to be a thing. <laughs> I hope so. But really, because it reminds me of the movie My Little Toaster. Brave Little Toaster. Oh, yeah, Brave Little Toaster. I love that movie. Oh, anyway. Yeah, classic. Moving on. Like, it, it's just one of those cases where nobody's wrong, and that's why it's so interesting. Like The kid needs, kid needs to learn his lesson, by all means, but this isn't the solution. This is not going to make things better. If anything, he's just going to grow to resent you know, these games. The, it's not going to look good for the publisher. I don't see a positive out of this. No. I think I mean, what's Fortnite's the not going to be around for much longer. I, I sadly, don't, I don't think it's going to take him down. I really don't. I think it will because they're, he's not the only one they're suing. <clears throat> I agree, but at the same time, we're, they are still doing something that's against their terms and policy. They should have just banned them and gotten it over and done with. But I, for example, me, I'm still going to play the game. I still want to play it. I still want to check it out. I'm, you know, the kid did still do wrong. It doesn't make what. Fortnite's doing right though, and that that's kind of the issue that I'm having with it. So I would love to hear what you guys have to say about this. We'll make sure to post this topic um, once the episode goes live. So hopefully we get some feedback on that. We can address it next week if we get any feedback uh, and kind of discuss any comments that we get in regards to the matter. Hopefully you guys have a lot to to talk about because again, I personally feel that it's it's, it's kind of a really good topic in that regard. So 
Now that we're done with the discussions, we're done with the news. Brian, I wanted to touch base on one thing, your backlog. Because we've reached the point of the holiday season where oh my God. not much new things are coming out. I don't, I don't even... I think maybe one or two things are coming out mm. for holiday that are actually of major significance. It's a lot of re-releases. A lot of re-releases, but at the same time, Dead there's Rising. nothing like major coming out. This is the time where most people, including myself, are going to start playing my back uh, our back catalog. Brian, do you have any back catalogs? Anything sort on your back? Of. What do you have? There's a lot of re-releases that are coming, and I have a couple of backlogs too. But the re-releases give me opportunities to play games that I've always wanted to play, just never had to. For instance... Okay, so let's count those. Like, what games have you been wanting to play? Okami is coming to the consoles. And I know that's one of your favorite games, because I've I've watched you play it. That game is so good. So, Okami comes out, I think it's December 12th, off the top of my head. It's like the 8th or the 12th, somewhere in there. Nintendo releases on Friday. I wasn't prepared to talk about re-releases. I was more prepared, you know, games that you own that you haven't gotten to play. Well, yeah, but it's... It's kind of the same thing, because you think it's a game that you've always wanted to play, but you haven't been able to. Okami's one of them, for me. Uh, That one's pretty exciting. I'm going to most definitely pick that up, because it's counted as one of the greatest games of all time, not just a great game. Yeah. Uh, Let's see here. I'm going to be playing more Battlefield 1, because I enjoy those kinds of games, and it's been a while since I've played that. Uh, i got to play Star Wars, because it's apparently good now that EA's... Not been a jerk over all this. I still hear mixed reviews in terms of the storyline for it. Yeah, I've heard the story is weird. But, but I'm still very curious about the story check itself. It out. You know, I'm, we'll see what happens. I'm going to borrow it from somebody, probably Tanner. Hint, hint, Tanner. I know you're listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tanner. <laughs> we know you're listening. Come play with us, Tanner. Anyways, uh, so let's see. Battlefield 1, Okami, um... Ooh, uh, Fire Emblem, the uh, the newest one. What is it called? Um, Echoes, Shadow nice. of Valencia. I really want to play that one because I love the Fire Emblem games. I'm not particularly good at them. I, <laughs> I'm a punk, and I never play with the, the hard hardcore where everybody dies if you kill them off on a map, and you can never use them again. I don't do that. <laughs> it's scary to me thinking about that. <clears throat> so playing that one, especially since it's got like the 3D dungeon thing nice. going on with that. That's exciting, so I'll really look forward to that. Um, yes. I, I have a pretty action-packed backlog, dude. It's, it's kind of uh-huh. ridiculous. Well, first of all, I have to play Hellblade, Satsuna Sacrifice. Uh-huh. That's, like, at the top of my list. It's apparently awesome. It's, a, it's supposed to be Short, an amazing awesome. game. Um, and it do, they do a lot of things with sound that haven't really been done before. Uh-huh. Where, from my understanding, they recommend to play the game with headphones on. Because it helps you experience the voices and things of that nature in a more realistic sense. So I'm really looking forward to that. Now that one is the the Nordic background. It's a chick, but she's going through these warrior trials kinds of things, but is also going through hallucinations. She's she's time. dealing with mental mental illnesses. So yes, this is the first time that mental illness is portrayed in a video game, and they've apparently done an amazing job. Mm, no, because the Silent Hill games do that pretty solid. No, not not in this not way. Not in this way. Not okay. in this way. Gotcha. Um, especially not with what I was talking about, the sound detection and everything. But um, what, the other game that's in my backlog, Horizon Zero Dawn, I haven't been able to yeah. start that because my wife kidnapped that and 
she stayed pretty close to that, and then I got caught up with other and stuff. The DLC's here, isn't it? The DLC is here. There you go. So I gotta. Well, you really gotta play it. No, it depends because if <laughs> if CC picks up the DLC, I won't have time to play Just it. Just throw the switch. She'll, and go she'll away. be playing it. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go back to finish Zelda because I have not finished Breath of the Wild. Simply because I wanted to gather everything that I possibly could. Of course. Um, I'm finally ready to finish the game, so i got to go back and finish that. And there was... Well, Until Dawn, I already started, which is another game that I wanted to play. I already started that one, so we're, we're working on that one. And then there was one more... Oh, Mass Effect. Andromeda? Yeah. Yeah. I have to play it. I have to be able to grab, formulate my own opinion... And I'll be realistic with you. Here's why. <laughs> I looked at the amount of money I would get for trading it in. <laughs> and I'm better off just playing it. <laughs> yeah. I'm laughing here's, because here's I the know sad where the price is. This is slow. <laughs> Here, here's the sad part. I still have my copy and the cellophane. I've never oh, even man. unwrapped my copy. I'm sorry. Eh, it is what it is. At the very least, I'm I'm getting to it. Now, after all the patches were done and the game is as good as it's ever going to be, because they're done with the game, they're not doing anything else to this game. The game's dead. Um, but at the very least, I get all the fixes rather than have to deal with what everybody had to deal with when they first started and then look for someone to fix it. I now get to play the quote unquote fixed version of it and then kind of form my own opinion on it because it's not worth the ten dollars to turn it in we'll go back to again developers wtf why all the bugs on release can someone just release Schedules. a polished game please nintendo does it all the time yeah I'm, oh, besides nintendo because <laughs> i don't have a switch we've said it before chris i don't have a switch i want a polished game dang it <laughs> Sorry. i'm hoping vampires like that later oh uh, you never know man. test drive that so see how that goes but yeah, that's kind of the back, you know, the backlog. That's another thing, you know. We're gonna go ahead and post that too on Facebook, um, so you guys can kind of give us what your backlog is. Because I, I, with the year of games we've had in 2017, there is absolutely no way that anybody out there has played everything. And if you have played everything, you have not finished everything. So you're going back to finish things the way that, for example, I'm going back to finish things. So go ahead and tell us about the games that are on your backlog that you haven't started or the games that you haven't finished but you're looking forward to go back to. Because, again, I'm looking, well, I'm realistically, I'm looking for recommendations. Oh. <laughs> my backlog is I have to buy a Switch. There you go. Yeah, That's my backlog. Go. I have to buy one because I want to play Zelda so bad. You have to get the Switch. I, you know, hell, get the Switch. I'll let you borrow Zelda so you can at least play through it I and mean, save I'll you that money. I have Zelda if I buy the Switch. I'm just saying, man. All right, guys. And as we end the, as we come to the end of the episode, we're gonna get to the parenting cheat code of the day. Cheat code number seven today comes from me. <clears throat> so the leap of faith isn't only for assassins. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, Brian, go ahead, laugh it up. <clears throat> I laugh because I know what he's talking about. Oh no, 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 my friend, you barely know. You barely know. You have no idea. It gets so much worse. JC. Officially two years old as of last week. Even before he turned two years old, he turned into a daredevil. Where he is throwing himself places, climbing on things he shouldn't, jumping from places he shouldn't. He grabs the cushions for the couch, throws them on the floor, and then literally does a leap of faith and lands on them. Sometimes flipping 
and everything in between. Not even, well, just turned two. And he's, dude, it's the number of near heart attacks my wife and I have on a daily basis should have killed us by now, to be perfectly frank. At his birthday party, went to the park. Did you think he wanted to go on the rinky-dinky playground for two-year-olds? Hell no. He wanted to go with his brother and his cousins, who whose younger cousin is five. Five is no, he's six now. No, yeah, no, he is five. Five years old to go run in that playground. What did J what did JC do all by himself? Climb all the way to the top to the tallest slide and ride down over and over and over and over again by himself. And flipping here and there and climbing through here and jumping through there the entire time just running around <laughs> trying to catch him midair just to make sure he didn't get hurt. <sighs> They're gonna be daredevils, Brian. I already know. <laughs> Freaking Nolan. Nolan was ter- so like there's some you know some places have like the rock wall thing yeah. that goes up the side. This dude, before he could even understand how to tie his, or to put his stinking shoes on, would try to climb up these things. And I watched him work it out to where he eventually could. Oh, but man. he fell so many times. And we're talking like wood chip playground, not like the nice rubber where yeah. it's soft but stains everything. Uh, <laughs> and he would just eat it over and over again. And he's, and he's jumping from beds and couches. and all, Oh, my gosh. I got great hairs just from thinking about all the crap that he's done. Dude, it's it's And it's going crazy. to do... I wish... It's one of those cases where sometimes I want to stop him, and sometimes I want to just let him go. Primarily, I fear him for safety, so that's why I want to stop him. I don't want... I don't want him to get hurt, but I do want to encourage the no fear. You know what I mean? Having no fear in things. That is what I do like to encourage, and what I, I kind of hope... To an extent that he learns from all of this is not to be fearful of things. But at the same time, dude, I can't help but feel like this is some sort of cosmic payback. That's your for fear. Everything that I did to my parents. Oh yeah. Because to this day, I have forty scars in my entire body. Through my entire body because of dumb things I did as a child that ended up with me getting stitches or being glued back together or being stapled back together or you know my parents putting tape over it hoping it will heal that put, sort of thing put some motrin on there rub put it some, in. some rubitussin and windex <laughs> rubitussin and windex yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man yep so uh over the course of the show you're gonna hear us talk about all the er visits of course at some point no brian because there's gonna no, be more we're not going there's to gonna talk, be no, more we're not gonna talk about the <laughs> er visits they're gonna get hurt but they're not gonna need an er brian <laughs> I'm I'm both positive and negative on this statement. They I will mean, get hurt. I no, already no, got the one, dude. No, so. <laughs> no juju. I refuse your juju. It's coming. I just substitute your logic and just replace like, it with my own. All oh, right. Gross. So, anyways, <laughs> anyway, you just did that. I totally did the MythBusters thing. All right, guys. On that note, we're gonna go ahead and end this episode before we get even dorkier. Thank you so much for joining us on um, episode 7 for Gaming Data 101. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember to check us out each and every Wednesday for a brand new episode. Remember to check out our website at geekandcast.com and follow the Twitter at geekandcast. You can follow me personally on any social media. Uh, basically, look for me on Twitter as VizkZen. Brian, did you did you get your Twitter set up already? Not like you said? Okay, Brian, we'll have it by the end Sorry. of the year. And if not, maybe. We can... Oh, God. We'll see. <laughs> All right, so make sure to give us a follow and make sure to like and subscribe. Also, if you're listening to the show, 
please go rate us on iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever it is that you listen to us. Uh, make sure to rate us and leave a review. That's going to help us get more listeners and continue to grow. Uh, that is the key thing that we we would require to continue to grow this the show and then and you know blossom. and to blossom into podcast. yeah whatever Brian just did and said. It's one of the times I'm grateful we're not recording this on video. Anyway, yes. thank you guys for joining us. And uh, you guys have a good day now. Come try it. Come try it. <laughs>